following podcast may contain a dash of popular profanities. Live, is it? Jeez, I'm really fucking loud. Fucking loud. Jeez, I'm really fucking loud. Fucking loud. You're right. A million percent is better than 100% of things. I am literally on the uh, Skype pad. We're once again broadcasting live from Sloppy Joe's bar, even though last week didn't sound so good. (laughs) We're still doing what we're doing here due to Stinky the Game Master. Stinky the Game Master, our overseer, our lord and savior. He now says that he wants to be called Evil Knievel. He says Evil Knievel's dead, so he's not using that name anymore, so he wants us to call him Evil Knievel. Seems fair. I'm not going to do it. No. He also has some other things that we have to try to throw into his show today. Yeah, I got angry memos because we didn't do it last week. (laughs) We ran out of time. We did. We got real close. Yeah. You almost had to cut it, and you you would have to tune into the web to find out what happened next. (laughs) You can't do that on television. My friends, uh, Keith, La- Keith LaRoche is here. He's our bartender. Oh, you almost did it again. Yeah, you almost did it. Yo. Keith, you saw that clickback echo, and you, you know, you're you just standing here. Maybe that's just how he talks. That would be strange. Yeah, it would be. Welcome to Pick It a Buck. We didn't pick... Oh, yeah, we did Pick It a Buck. I won. Welcome to Pick It a Buck. This is where you take a buck, and you, we talk games yourself, and you take a dollar, and you only have one dollar to spend in the arcade, so you have to pick wisely... What you want to spend it on? We should sell pick mm. of the bucks. We should. <laughs> For one dollar, dollar fifty you a cents. Pick of, pick of the buck one, dollar. Get your one dollar pick of the buck. Yep, that's a good idea. Very good idea. You'll get the gist of it when you when you look at the album art. If you can do that anymore, because iTunes is so screwed up their own uh, thing that they help make happen. To the point of you just get static album art that says we talk yeah. games on it. What? What? A, and it's strange because it's stinky ouch digital prune show still, which is really strange. Is that what it is for you? No, not at all. <laughs> that would be funny. That'd be awesome. Yeah, they had to change that to Digital Plunger then. Yes. I doubt Digital Prune is still in business. It was a gaming company. They're probably out of business by now. Gaming Who plays gaming? Are. Yeah, that's why we talk about arcade games because arcades will always be in fashion. We always give a clue each week about what we're going to talk about the following week. Your clue was set a simian on fire. I like that, sure. Something of that nature. Mine was set a drunk on fire. Both of them remind me of something. Return to the Planet of the Apes, the animated series. Have you seen this? Was this one of the things Stinky wanted us to work in? (laughs) No. Have you seen this show, the Return to the Planet Apes animated series? Okay, is this a contemporary cartoon or like a filmation cartoon from the 70s? 70s. Yes, of course it was. uh, (laughs) No, I I didn't see it. And and it is in the filmation style. Now, I can't recall if it was filmation or not, but wow. I have to remind you that. In the 70s, yeah. I was not even a sparkle in my father's ball sack. Oh, well, it has nothing to do with the movies, first okay. of all. It's more like Land of the Giants 
with Planet of the Apes instead. Remember Land Let me of the guess. Giants? There's a, can I just guess real <laughs> yeah. quick? I know nothing about this cartoon. Right. There's a boy and a girl and some sort of stupid pet. And they go on adventures. <laughs> that would be something that would happen. In like 90% of those cartoons, that's what happens. Sure, sure. Now, these are adults, and it's really something because they use the original Planet of the Apes music, which is incredibly great and creepy mm. music. And then the art style is just very heavy-handed brushstroke type of artwork. Not a lot of animation. A lot of the rotoscopes are just used over and over again. In other words, the camera operator was the person that did most of the animation because it'll be somebody running around a corner and mm-hmm. then he'll have to make that run around a different type of corner and then run around a different type of corner. So he's has to loop the things and, and he's actually making the storyboards happen by okay. changing out backgrounds and foregrounds and stuff like that. But it's just a loop of this person running around a corner. Who put, who put this out? <sighs> That's what I can't recall. I can't remember. Right. If it, it might have well, been what, Filmation. What's it akin to? Is it like a Johnny Quest type of? No. Because they did a similar thing with that, sure. where it was like the same eight rotoscoped actions, and then they would just plop it into every cartoon. Right on. Check it out on YouTube. So, so check that out. Uh, Return to the Planet of the Apes uh, animated series. And uh, it's really groovy. But the first episode, they're walking through the desert, you know, because they're spaceship lands. 2,000 years in the future from 1976. They're walking through the desert. And no shit, they walk through the desert for about seven or eight minutes. <laughs> and it's just the same, like, three shots of them walking and, uh, you know, it's rotoscoped and they, they look very bizarre and then they just change the background and maybe lightning happens and really droning music. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I was a kid, I would have hanged myself. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a commercial break in the middle of the of the desert scene. Were so, there actual apes in the yeah, show? And, and, then, oh, okay. and then they're very scary. Because this is some nice, heavy handed brushstroke art here. So it's really great. So yeah, exactly. So talking about and Ergo is you know Ergo or I can't remember what the hell his name is Ursula I think Argo from uh, yeah director Ben Affleck. Okay. (laughs) the The commander of the gorillas is very scary. The whole thing's just really scary and creepy, and I love it. I have to check it out. Yeah, yeah, it's very Bakshi, Ralph. Ralph, You know what's funny is. Well, the listeners might not get it. What you just described is a better hint than either of us gave last week for this week's game. <laughs> so this week's game is the isometric Zaxxon of mm-hmm. uh, Donkey Kong, Congo Bongo. Yes. I could not wait for the home version of Congo Bongo. Oh, man. And it's how many versions came out and how many were terrible. I had the uh, 5200 version. And you okay. can imagine how great that controlled with that stopwatch uh, 1840s style non-centering joystick thingy with the four sponge buttons and the the telephone on it. It was just super. For better or worse, Congo Bongo took the Donkey Kong's formula and added to it. Very similar to how we've discussed in the past what Universal did with Mr. Do and Ladybug. Maybe Donkey Kong 3. I don't really see it being a Donkey Kong. I'm sure most of our listeners, and I'm guilty of this myself, have seen this game and thought, oh, cool, that's Sega's knockoff of Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you it's not. No. And it's not for a couple reasons. The first being that it plays very different from Donkey Kong. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, it, like you said, it's an isometric game. And so it's very off-putting at first because it's counterintuitive with the controls. Similar to, which I, I've always enjoyed watching somebody play Cubert for the first time. Right, sure. Because you have a four-way yeah. joystick in a 3D environment or a simulated 3D environment. And you always see somebody, their first time go, just jump right off the mm -hmm. platform. Definitely. Because you have to think of the up, down, left, right as instead of a cross being an X. Diagonal, yeah. Once you wrap your head around that, you'll find the Congo Bongo, in my opinion, is very enjoyable. Mm. And it is a lot easier than Donkey Kong. I don't know how high you get, but I don't get very high in Donkey Kong. I get to maybe the second screen, and that's about it. Well, how high can you get? Uh, not very high, as yeah. I said. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. This game, I'll tell you I'll tell you a few things about this game for a person that experienced it when it first came out in the arcade. When it first dropped, as the kids said, nine years ago. Yeah. It was very, very popular because of the isometric view graphics. That was something. Yes. It wasn't anything new. It was new to people. You know, people had never not really experienced that too much in the arcade. I had, I had, you know, I even experienced it, Jesus, back on the ColecoVision and stuff like this. It was very popular, but I never made it past the first level. Really? And, yeah. And of course, on the 5200, I, I barely made it. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's, that's over the bridge. You know what I mean? Yeah. As you touched on, there was a lot of ports for this mm. for all the major consoles at the time. And none and of them can handle it. No, they, they. that's the thing, is that this was built, as you, as you said, on the Zaxxon board. And I guess that board was a lot more powerful than the Atari 5200 or even the Atari 8-bit computers that came out. And it also saw ports on the in television, of all things, mm -hmm. uh, the ColecoVision, <laughs> Commodore 64, the MSX. And I'm here to tell you, they're all terrible. I've I, played I, them all. They're all terrible. They all control terribly. the disc? The disc no, control? No, you know, I'm emulating it. So. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. The flying saucer controller. Despite you saying it was popular at the time, it's my understanding that it didn't do as well as Sega had hoped. Mm -hmm. That's but despite probable. that, I mean, it, it was definitely I'm spread among the uh, the console, the home console environment. Mm -hmm. I picked this game this week because I just wanted to give it its due. Because upon, like I said, I got a cocktail table. It has 60 games on it. And one of the games is Congo Bongo. Oh. Yeah. And I, I was like, why is this on here? Now I've got Donkey Kong, Donkey Kong Jr. and Donkey Kong 3 on the table. Mm hmm. I'm familiar with all those games. Wasn't really familiar with Congo Bongo, so I'm looking at it and I'm just like, okay, it's a knockoff of Donkey Kong. I start playing it and I'm not enjoying it at all because, again, it's counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. So I look up and I'm like, well, maybe there's something more to this game than what I'm understanding of it. I play a little bit more and I do a little research on it. And what I find out is that this game was actually put out by Ikigami. Oh, geez, I'm going to massacre its name. Let's just call it Ikigami, which was a uh, hardware developer in Japan in the 80s that helped publishers make arcade cabinets. And basically, they made the boards for the cabinets. Ikigami actually worked with Nintendo, subcontracted all the development of Donkey Kong mm -hmm. to Ikigami. And Ikigami produced the initial uh, shipment of the Donkey Kong arcade boards. But because it was such a huge success and the money just came flowing in, what Nintendo did, instead of holding up their end of the agreement with Ikigami, 
they stopped ordering boards for them and then began manufacturing the boards in America oh. in their own manufacturing facility. Mm-hmm. And this led to a huge legal battle between Ikigami and Nintendo. What ended up happening was the, the Japanese court ruled in Ikigami's favor that it was a, uh, a copyright infringement because mm-hmm. they had designed the board and how it worked. Now, I don't know all the specifics as how much, because I know Miyamoto was involved with Donkey Kong, mm-hmm. but I also know that in the numerous ports of Donkey Kong throughout the years, there's always been one level missing. What I'm understanding in some of my research, and again, it's kind of gray, it's kind of vague, is the pie factory, aka cement factory level that's always been missing mm-hmm. in the home ports of Donkey Kong. It's missing because as a part of the agreement, Nintendo did not own that level. That was actually designed by Ikigami, hmm. which uh, that's the 50 meter stage for those who are like way familiar with Donkey Kong. Ikigami wins a lawsuit. It's something like a uh, five or 600 million yen settlement. And what Ikigami does is they take their ball and go home. And by going home, they went to Sega. And with Sega, they de- developed Congo Bongo. So. With all this history that I learned, I'm thinking to myself, okay, Congo Bongo is the the true spiritual successor to the original Donkey Kong. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go in and I'm going to try to play this game a little more. I'm going to give it the college effort. And I did. And at first, wrapping my head around the controls was a little difficult. But once I got past that first stage, I found that the three uh, successive levels were a lot easier. In fact, if you can get past that first stage... You're in the clear for the rest of the game. Definitely. That's the weird part about this game. And you know, what could have helped with the first level is just being able to tell exactly where the coconut boulders are coming down. Yes. It's very difficult to tell where in space they are. If they would have had a shadow or some type of other thing like Zaxxon had, Zaxxon sort of had a crosshair type of thing and also had a shadow to sort of let you know where you were in space, even though Zaxxon was also very difficult to figure out where you were. The first level would have been a lot easier. Yeah. Like I said, I played the first level a whole hell of a lot. The collision detection, too, with those coconut boulders that are, uh, Mm. you know, coming down is strange because there's times where I thought I was in the clear and would get hit and then there was other times that I thought I was done for and it just bounced right past me so I I definitely agree with that the reason that my hint was uh, setting a person on fire a drunk on fire is because the protagonist I guess you call him the hero Mm -hmm. the pith helmet wearing dude has a big red nose so I'm seeing a theme with the pith pith helmet yeah we got got a lot of pith helmets going on he has a red nose. He has a red nose, so he's obviously a drunk. So that doesn't help with he the controls. He looks a lot like Mario. He does. He <laughs> looks like a drunk. better Mario. Yes. As far as the pixel art, because the pixel art in this game is very nice. I, it's I, not I like bad. It. If the color palette would have been bigger, this game would have really held up a lot better. I don't think it holds up graphically as good as Donkey Kong or its uh, contemporaries because of the fact that they didn't have a large enough color palette to really flesh out the three-dimensional space of this uh, because they tried right. to get all these you know the greens and the browns and the rocks and the everything and it just looks like a lot like mud yeah especially the later levels where it's this over-the-top view of the ground and it is just brown <laughs> yeah, it's just a brown slate with the but i think that the isometric view was a good choice because it was definitely a departure from like the 2d aesthetic of 
the Donkey Kong sure. games. Sure, it was very you unique. Know? And very I, unique. I think, in my opinion, this game is is a lot more enjoyable than Donkey Kong Jr., which suffers from its own strange things with sprite detect you know collision mm-hmm. detection and mm-hmm. and again going back to the whole thing of operating an avatar that's a very strange sprite ah, you know because it's only four levels i think we can pretty much give a good way to blow through the the easier parts which i, I can't make it past the <laughs> this second turnover on the first level when you're climbing up the mountain you have to climb up a mountain cross mm-hmm. over a bridge Mm-hmm. Jump over a chasm that falls away in back of you. Watch out for little monkeys that jump on you and hinder your uh, hinder your ability to move and jump. Right on. You might be. I don't want to get hit by a monkey, but don't worry. They just they don't kill you, but right. they hang on you and make it hard to, for you to move. Uh, and you have to shake them off. So try to avoid the monkeys, but don't think you're going to get you know murdered by them. Yeah. And then you're you not going to get AIDS from the monkeys. No, don't you won't get monkey AIDS. Uh, and then you have to <laughs> jump over a crick. And then crawl up a couple more uh, uh, ledges, and then uh, then you're up in the arrow area where Congo Bongo himself will run away. So all the yeah, while, you know, Congo Bongo's throwing uh, coconut rocks at you. You know the, the the adage about like a dog chasing a car and it wouldn't know what to do if it got the car. Right. I kind of felt like that when I was getting towards Congo Bongo because I'm like, <laughs> what exactly am I going to do? Because again, not very intuitive. Because right. in Donkey Kong, you go up the ladder, and hey, there's Pauline. Yeah. Like, I'm saving her. This one, you're just walking right up to Congo, and he's like, all right, peace. And he goes to the next level, <laughs> which I was like, oh, all right. Oh, oh no, he stepped on an arrow. I'm getting <laughs> out of here. <laughs> this is the easiest way I could blow through this level is hug the left-hand side of the mountain as you go up. And then when you get to the like uh, the level where you have to cross across his coconut rocks, that's where you have to just gun it when you think it, the coast is clear because it's yes. very difficult to tell what's going on. And you'll go down a little slide. You jump over the chasm. There's really no big tricks to anything there. Yeah. And then once you get up to where the, the monkeys are, that's where you just sort of try to uh, avoid them. Now, the nice thing is that, that these monkeys have a little bit of AI behind them. In other words, they're going to try to swarm you. So you can sort of control where they go. Mm-hmm. by trying to entice them to come over this direction or that direction and then and then jump. Uh, you find that in later levels a real easy way to get through. Once you jump over to Pond and you try to avoid the coconut rocks again, once again, hang to the left, far left as you can because uh, Congo Bongo's coconut rocks can't get over there, and then make your way up to the white arrows. Yep. Second level is what? The part where you go into holes? Oh, no, oh snake! Yeah. So it's like the frogger. which I think is the actual. It's the easiest level. It, it is, and as and as long as you try to lure the snakes to come at you, you can jump over them. So you make the first trip across the first bridge. You mm-hmm. make a snake come down at you. You run away from him. Yeah. There's another snake to the left. You want to go. You want to go to the left and jump over that snake on a bridge. Another snake will start coming down from the top. Where. Congo Bongo is sort of by there. You yeah. jump over that snake, and you'll either have either one or zero snakes left in the middle area where you're going to try to jump over to uh, Congo Bongo. I'm glad we're going through each level because this again is why I feel like this game is more of a spiritual successor to Donkey Kong because of mm. these these, in my opinion, improvements. Because each level plays differently from the last, but the mechanics stay the same. So the, the first level, which is known as Primate Peak, plays a lot like Donkey Kong. I'm mm-hmm. at the bottom. I got to get to the top. That's my goal. 
instead of barrels, you're dodging coconut rocks. Yeah. In Snake Lake, it plays like an isometric pitfall mm. where you're waiting for uh, hippos to surface so you can jump on their backs to get to the goal, which is a lot like the alligators in Pitfall where they, they open their mouth and close their mouth. And as we'll see as we progress through the rest of the levels, each level is taking a little bit of spice from its contemporaries and adding it to this mechanic of a run and jump game. And the fact that it's more like a Pac-Man where enemies will swarm, will swarm at you. Yeah. yeah. And you can you can try to control them and trick them. And Donkey Kong, you you can't do that. You can't trick the fire. You can't. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't trick the bar- well. You can't trick the barrel. You have to hope that the barrel doesn't come down the ladder when you're on it. Maybe there is a, a little bit of tricking that you could do. I I don't know because I'm not. I don't Billy draw. Mitchell. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I don't draw on the screen of, of my cabinet with a wax pencil. So I, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Or put scotch tape on my television screen. Todd Rogers, I think he holds yeah. the barnstorming record, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it's because he put uh, scotch tape on his hey, television. Hey, here's a pro player tip yeah. from Todd Rogers. Okay. Maybe. Hi, everybody. I'm Todd Rogers for We Talk Games. Put scotch tape on your 19-inch black and white television. <laughs> All right. Let's not get distracted too much. Let's continue. I can play dragster with my eyes closed and blindfolded and one hot hand tied behind my back. I can play the <laughs> the long jump level of Crazy Taxi without seeing or hearing it. <laughs> I I am the Helen Keller of Crazy Taxi. <laughs> He's a great guy. I mean, wow, what a what a what a fascinating fella, you know what I mean? I really like that dude. So do I. Great I mean, as, as, as all, uh, of all the people that we've met, uh, outside of Walter Day being, you know, the sweetest guy you could ever meet, so he's, yeah. he's in a whole other category. That's like being in the presence of some type of angel, yeah. Gabriel or somebody. The Gandhi <laughs> yes. of uh, arcades. <laughs> Except he doesn't sleep with little girls. Let's hope. No. Let's hope he doesn't. But, um, but Todd Rogers is probably one of the most genuine and interesting people of all mm. the world record holders. He's wealthy in life and Christmas trees. Oh my God! How much of this is going to stay in the show? I and wonder. Spiders. Then he have like yes, uh, he has a fuck ton of spiders. Okay. And okay, and he still has his Christmas lights up, right? Yeah. Oh, geez, we're running long. Okay, <laughs> and I didn't even get to the the things. That, wait, I got to do something that Stinky wanted me to do. Okay, let's take a break here. Show me a baby with fever, and I'll show you a hotsy totsy. Don't play in the street. You might get that rundown feeling. Laugh, laugh, laugh. Do a good turn every day, even if it makes you dizzy. Where there's a will, there are relatives. Oh, that's a really good one. This is from, of course, the Soupy Sales Fun and Activity Book. Mm. Uh, if you want to create a big stir, build yourself a prison. Hmm. I guess you do a stretch in this stir. I don't know. It's okay. better to give than receive, especially if it's a punch in the nose. Ladies and gentlemen, Soupy Sales and White Fang. Have a great day. Bye, Thanks, everybody. Steve. What happens in level three? I can't remember. This is the one where rhinos that, are coming after you. Right. I couldn't think of a game that w- would influence this level. But it's called Rhino Ridge, and it's as simple as getting from one end of the stage to the other, but there are uh, a stampede of rhinos coming at you. What you can do to avoid them is 
jump, move out of the way, or fall into these holes. Mm-hmm. And if you fall into the holes and let them uh, run over you, you get a little bit of a point bonus. The thing about jumping into the holes in the ground are there are the, these moles mm-hmm. that will push you back out. And they often do it at the right time so you get hit by a rhino. This level looks like it would be very fun because you got to use all the strategy and go in here and duck and out, get out and run. Yeah. But I found that if you just Gun go it. like hell up the right-hand side of the screen, the level's over in like three seconds. <laughs> First cycle through, that's exactly what you got to do. Second yeah. cycle through, exactly what you got to do. But as you cycle through the game, enemies from other levels start getting dumped in. So gotcha. like just snakes get started. Right, right, and right. And then, then it makes it a little more challenging. One of the drawbacks of the game, for arcade games of this era, a big thing is points. And what I found with Congo Bongo is it's very indiscriminate on how it gives points out. And there's not a lot of opportunity to do multipliers and things like this. This level is the easiest level to do those multipliers. But the game doesn't seem very interested in points, which uh-huh. for its error is kind of strange. This is 1983. We're talking about Miss Pac-Man right. being its contemporary. I mean, points was it. So this game kind of feels like it, it's an adventure game that belongs on a home console. But at the time, as we discussed, no home console could support its gameplay or graphics. And the fact that you have to start from zero when you use up all your lives mm-hmm. really doesn't make sense either because that's all you really have is a high score because right. you're not trying to like complete anything because it doesn't allow you to keep going. Yeah, so there's really, no ending in the game. Right. You just keep cycling it, through it, yeah. it, it loops. And maybe a kill screen. Who knows? Kill screen coming up. And then the fourth level is, I don't recall. It's the Lazy Lagoon. And uh, this level uh, is similar to Snake Lake but probably plays closest to Frogger. Oh, um, right. As you try to cross a large body of water by walking on lily pads and logs and hippos and fish. Again, this is why I like this game. It's taking a lot of spices from its contemporaries and dumping into this stew. And I like that stew. It's good. I like Congo Bongo stew. It's a very good type of stew. There was an easy way to blow through this level as well, but I, I also found it difficult to know what I was jumping on to. Sometimes I miss and I look like I was right on it. There was a real easy way to get through this and, and unfortunately I don't remember the pattern. Gotcha. Oh, we're going long! Real quick, stigma fair or unfair aside, I believe everyone should give this uh, the old college try and uh, see if it's something that sinks its hooks into you like it did for me. And remember, the first stage is the hardest stage in the entire it game. Is. Yeah, once you conquer that, you're pretty good. Oh, we gotta go! Oh no, they're gonna cut us off, fans! Hey, uh, what's your clue for next week? Why are the floors so sticky? Go on the web! Soupy sales! Uh, Tune in next Capcom for We Talk Games. And pick up the buck. I win! Bye! Bye. We talk. So, what do you mean, Capcom? You didn't throw to John at all. Oh! So just do a throw for John, and then we'll cut out some of the more hurtful okay. things we said about Todd No, I love those. I didn't. I wasn't trying to be hurtful. I'll cut it so it's not as hurtful. He's broke as fuck. Yeah, look at all those spiders he's got. What a fucking freak. He needs to take... a wrestling fan. Big shock there. He needs to take down his Christmas decorations. Here comes your ball for your tip, maybe. Magic Sun will connect you. 
Magic Sock. Hey, how's it going? John back with the tip top, which is, of course, the name in Europe of our uh, game this week, Congo Bongo. Uh, look that one up. It'll take you a few seconds on Google, same as it took me. But, uh, you know, I was looking at this game, and it's, it kind of reminded me of Fez, you know, similar kind of thing where it's like Donkey Kong turned on its side, whereas Fez was like the platformer turned sideways and made me wonder if maybe the developer of Congo Bongo quit the Twitter equivalent uh, back in 1983 in a rage storm of feels, you know, left a newsletter group or whatever it is. Um, anyway, I have a tip for the arcade cabinet owners today, and that is if you want to set your cabinet to free play, according to the Congo Bongo manual, you got to put switches 1 through 4 on, switches 5 and 6 off, and then switches 7 and 8 on. And that'll let your machine be free play. If you want to get extra hunters, or sound on and off, or upright, or even, you know, off table view, then you've got to just consult your manual. But I understand it's kind of a taxing process going to the manual and all that. Anyway, I hope I could help you. And, uh, yeah. Uh, bye. Hiroshima Nagasaki! That's my clue, because I don't, I just don't remember what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> and now T.T. Schmookins will give her We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Pickety Buck Arcade Game Audio Clue for next week. Hello, I am T.T. Schmookins. Here is next week's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Pickety Buck Arcade Game Audio Clue. Good luck, geeks. All right, well, we're done recording there. I press pause.